0: Go ahead and grab your Bibles or devices and turn to the book of Acts. We're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 3 going through verses 1 through 10. Now the book of Acts is found in the New Testament. It is the fifth book of the New Testament, the second part of the Bible. And so you got Mark, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Acts. And so turn there with me. And as you're turning to that, I want to share kind of a, a silly story that happened actually just last Sunday um, here on our campus. See, last week uh, was one of those Sundays where things just seemed to be going wrong. We had issues with technology, we had issues with technology and services, but also with our kids' ministry check-in. And before service I was trying to get our kids uh, check-in cart all set up in our computer and I have a very much a love-hate relationship with our kids check-in cart. Uh, First off, it's a PC. I'm an Apple guy. I like MacBooks. They make more sense to me. PCs just seem to drive me insane. Um, But we seem to have consistent issues with our computer there and also our printer not always syncing together and working together and it's one of those things that just is a small little headache that we have to deal with every once in a while. Uh, A few weeks ago it decided to update just in the middle of our service and so we couldn't even use it Um, and so just one of those frustrating things but this past week we went to it and the computer was turned on everything was perfectly fine I was so excited like God thank you so much for just favor today with technology issues with this small little thing then all of a sudden I went to go print a check-in labels for my own family and they wouldn't print and and so I went through the, the routine and the process of unplugging it, plugging it back in Multiple times and it kept on saying it couldn't find a certain program And so I actually literally went and it reinstalled the new program Tried to do that and it was kind of and came to the point where it was just a, just a few minutes before service was starting And I was getting frustrated. I, I had done everything I possibly could think of and imagine and I didn't know what else to do And as I was going back out to check out again two families were actually were waiting to check in their kids and it wasn't working yet and I was just so frustrated and so irritated with it. Um, Didn't want to have to deal with this distraction right before our our services started. And as I was walking to the computer, the the check-in cart, I just felt convicted by God that, Josh, you haven't stopped and prayed. You haven't stopped and prayed for something as small as a computer printer. And so as I was walking to the cart, I just stopped and said, God, forgive me for not trusting you for not relying on you even in the small little thing right now of a kid's check-in printer and as i got there uh, i needed just that clarity that god gave me and i I literally said god just heal this printer whatever it takes right now just fix it Um, i need it to work Um, it sounds silly in all reality and as soon as i got there it dawned on me the light wasn't on the printer and sure enough i go look in the back And it wasn't plugged in the entire time. I plugged it in and immediately the label started printing. It was something so small, something so much. It was a small little victory that I needed in my own heart to be reminded that God desires to heal even the small things in our lives. For me, it was a frustration of this little printer. But what God really wanted to do is he wanted to heal my own heart to not rely on my own strength, but to rely on him. In our passage this morning, we're going to read about a man who not only needed physical healing, but he was in desperate need of spiritual healing, which most of us continue to need as well. So will you read with me Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask for alms of those entering to the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I have Uh, What I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took the man by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. See, our passage this morning is a clear depiction of the healing power of the gospel. And where the man was only looking for a handout, he was there in a prime real estate to be, receive money from people going into the temple through the power of Jesus. And along with a man's faith in the name of Jesus, he received a hand up, not just a handout, but a hand up being healed, not just physically, but spiritually, where he truly needed the healing. You see, Peter and John were, were headed to the temple and, and we don't really know why. We know the, the scripture says that they're headed during the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And we don't know if this is intentional for, to have opportunities to share the gospel with the Jewish worshipers or just out of tradition of being good Jewish boys who grew up going to the temple during the time of prayer each day. But either way, what we do know is that they were intentional in their actions. See, their intent was to worship God and to proclaim His name and to proclaim the gospel to others through just either the natural rhythms of their life or the intentionality of going there to share the gospel with the Jewish worshipers. And so, and as they were going about their life, they came across a man who had a much different life than theirs. See, this man, he grew up, a grown man probably very close to their age, had to be carried by his friends. And from birth was crippled. And we know because he had to be carried that it wasn't just one leg was crippled, but both legs were injured in such a way that he was prevented from being able to walk on his own to be able to get there. And so the question that he would have been his entire life, what was known very regularly in this culture, and even the disciples discussed this with Jesus during their time in the ministry with him, is was this a result of his father's sin or the man's own sin that that God allowed him to be crippled, where God was typically punishing him to be crippled and have this life, you know, be burdened by this this disability for his entire life. Something that would have been devastating for him throughout his entire time of growing up and thinking. And up until this point, the only thing that he had going for him, that he had friends or loved ones who cared enough about him to carry him daily to this gate, this gate, this beautiful gate at the entrance of the temple where he could go there and expect a handout from the worshipers that were going in. Because they were going to worship, typically they were carrying money. So this is a prime real estate, prime area for someone who's going to beg for money. And so the only thing that he had going, the only thing he looked forward to every day was for someone to, to throw him a few coins and for his friends to carry him there and to bring him back home each and every day. See, his entire life, he was questioning why God, did you allow me to be in this circumstance? Why would you have it here? See, the most that this man can hope for at this moment in his life was a handout for someone else. See, he completely settled for what was it, that this was as good as it was ever going to get. There was nothing beyond him being able to beg for money for the rest of his life until he would die. There was no future, no hope, nothing that was there for him. Can you imagine the brokenness Can you imagine the the hopeless feeling that he must have felt day in and day out, knowing that there was nothing more for him at that moment than what life had dealt him? See, this man was not only in need of physical healing, but he was in need, more importantly, of a spiritual healing. And see, most of us can't comprehend the, the difficulties of a crippling disease or a lifelong disability. But we all can relate to being crippled spiritually. See, the lame man in our passage, just like the lame man in our passage, and you and I and every person on this earth have the crippling disease of sin. See, Romans 5.12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, so death has spread to all men because all sinned. See, all have sinned and all of us bear the consequence of that sin and the consequence of sin is death. See, every single person on earth has to pay the debt for our sin. See, scripture is very clear that that debt is death and not just physical because yes, we will all meet a physical death but even more terrifying is a spiritual death that we will be eternally separated away from a holy and righteous God, because God can have nothing to do with sin. You see, it is only through the gospel message, only through the life-changing hope of Jesus that we all can experience salvation. And where Romans 5:12 says that all have sinned, it is true except for one. All but, all had sin except for one man, and that man's name is Jesus. See, Jesus came and lived the perfect and sinless life. And he's the only one who never gave into sin or even the temptation of that sin. Listen to me with me to Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every aspect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. See, Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows the temptation to give in to self, selfish desires, the temptation to be prideful or slander or gossip others, to give into addictions, yet he lived without sin. Not once did he go and even tempting. And again, it baffles my mind, especially as a father, to think that as a child, that he obeyed his parents immediately. Like there was no hesitation, but he honored and respected his parents. He obeyed them. He did everything. When he was asked to take out the trash, he did it firsthand, first time. There was no questions, no back talking, no argument. Jesus, even as a child, never sinned. And all his entire life through his growing up and maturing, not once did he give in to that. And he experienced temptation from Satan himself, yet was found to be without sin. And it is because of that, as a result of him being completely sinless, he is the only one who can pay the debt for our sins. He's the only one who can step into our place and say, I will take on the sins of the entire world that for whoever believes in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, He took that on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, He paid the penalty for our sins. And like the men in our passage this morning, you can be healed from the disease of sin. You see, our pastor says this in verse six, but Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him right by the hand by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. See, the man expected to receive a earthly gift. He re- expected to receive money in this moment, but at the name of Jesus, he experienced immediate healing physically. But it says later on in this passage in verse 16, that the man placed his faith in the name of Jesus. Verse 16 says this, and his name, by faith in his name, being Jesus' name, has made this man strong from whom you will see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. See, what this passage where Peter's preaching, and we'll hear more about next week, he's saying this man is a testimony witness to the powerful name of Jesus. See, there is power in the name of Jesus, when we call on his name, when we place our faith and trust in him, we immediately experience salvation in that moment. And if you want to experience that today, you want to experience healing from your sins today, or if you have questions or you want to know more what it means, this is what I'm going to ask of you. I'm going to ask you to stop right now and to reach out to, our, to us here at First Southern Scottsdale. You can go to our website and get the details, or you can pick up your phone and text the word changing to 94000. That's the word changing to 94000. See, we desperately want all people to know the life changing hope of Jesus. We want people to experience the freedom of salvation that we as followers of Christ have experienced. And so I don't want you to wait, I don't want you to hesitate. Well, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and reach out to us. There's pastors standing by who want to connect with you, who want to answer your questions, and they want to help you in the next step of your journey of faith and becoming a follower of Christ. So please do not hesitate if that is you today. Our passage says that after being healed, in verse 8, it says this, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. See, this is actually a beautiful, beautiful uh, prophecy coming true through the gospel ministry of Jesus. Because Isaiah 35, 6 said this, that then shall the lame man leap like a deer. See right here we see people who were crippled and lame in Jesus' ministry being healed and, and get up and leap. But we see clearly even through the, uh, the works and the ministry of the apostles, that prophecies are still coming true through the powerful name of Jesus. See, Jesus is still fulfilling prophecies here in this moment, allowing this man to go on and, and walk and leap and praise God. But it makes me pause for a second. It makes me wonder, what was this man's like, life like a few months later? What was it like a few years later? And I can't help but just to think about for the majority of his life, day in and day out, he would be carried to this temple, this, this spot, and beg for money. And I was, I've always questioned, was he ever tempted to go back? Was he ever tempted when he walked back there to, to go back, sit back down, and hold out his hands and ask for alms again. Was that ever temptation? It seems kind of crazy, right? Why would someone who experienced complete physical healing, who, who can literally leap in the air now, who had never been able to walk in his entire life, go back to what he had before? Why would he do this? Why would he go back to his former life? Yet as followers of Christ, don't we go back to where we were before? See, don't we struggle, no, even though we know that we have been set free, that the chains of our sin are no longer holding us back and bounding us to, to these addictions, to these different things, these, the, the sinful decisions of our life, yet often we'll go back to them. Even after we've experienced the freedom of our salvation, we will turn our lives back towards where we found comfort in our sin, giving ourselves over to a, a false god, a false idol in our lives, to seek that comfort for us. See, rather than, re, you know, we would rely on our own strengths rather than relying on God's. We'll take, try to take control of our circumstances or a situation or what we're going on rather than trusting God's control. See, we use words to tear people down rather than using words to ele- that would allow us to elevate ourselves rather than la- using our words to encourage and support others and ultimately elevate God. See often we will go back to addictions of alcohol, drugs, or pornography, seeking comfort in these things that only leave us empty, rather than being comforted by God's love for us. Galatians 5:13 and 16 says this: For you are called to freedom, brothers, only you do not only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh for sin but through love, serve one another. Then down verse 16 says this, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see what Paul says here in Galatians is that we, we have been freed from our sins. We've been freed from these and we don't need to go back to them for comforts, for control, for these different things, but we can sit and rest in the knowledge that God is for us. And if God is for us, who could be against us? And it says in a way to to fight and combat this, this temptation to go back to these things, that we should look for opportunities to serve others, that we should look for opportunities to walk in the spirit. You see, Peter and John could have simply given this man a few coins or just completely brushed him off altogether. But instead, they gave him what he really needed. He needed the gospel. You see, even as followers of Christ, we need to be reminded of the gospel and the powerful presence and power it has over us each and every day and in each and every moment. And see, look at the end result in our passage today. Look at with me at verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, because of the faithfulness of Peter and John, that they stepped into the opportunity to live out the gospel, a man was physically and spiritually healed. And people praised God as a result of it. They saw the testimony of this man, a man who they knew and they recognized, and they saw the change in his life. And it created opportunity for Peter to preach once again, where thousands would come to be saved, which we're gonna hear from Dr. David Johnson next week. Preach on for us. And that'll be our focus of the message next week. But let me encourage you with this as we close. If you have areas in your life where you're struggling, if you have areas in your life where you're going back to your sin and you're going back to your previous life and your old habits, I'm going to encourage you to first confess it to God and others. Confession is a good thing. It's a time that we humbly recognize our need for God. But it's also a time that we can go to others where we've sinned against and we can make things right, but it's also a time that we go to others and we say, we need help with this too. We need the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us overcome our sin. We need the accountability that will take place, and I want to encourage you to make the necessary adjustment, adjustments, accountability, or boundaries to remove that temptation from your life. Do whatever it takes. As the saying says, pray as if it relies on God move and work as it relies on you. See, God still calls us to work towards stepping away from these things, to work towards aligning our hearts back to Him. And it begins with confession and then setting up an accountability and then filling that void with opportunities to serve others and to walk in line with the Spirit. But for all followers of Christ, for everybody who's listening today who is a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you with this. Embrace the opportunities that God has given you to live out the gospel where you live, work, and play. See, God has uniquely placed you where you are. He's allowing you to go about your life. He's, and in times he's going to call you to be intentionally go out of your way to share the gospel, to live out the gospel to others so that people can come and be healed from their sins as well. And then that God may be glorified. That is the blessing and the calling on all of us, our followers of Christ's lives. Will you embrace it with us today? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you, to sing praises to your name. And Father, as we close our message this morning, Father, I pray that you would encourage every believer of Christ today that is listening to this word and this message. Father, allow us to be able to fully embrace our opportunities that we have to share and live out the gospel in our lives. And so God, I pray that you will step us into that. Father, I pray for those who are struggling with sin, Father, those who may be struggling with addictions or, or whatever it may be, God, that you would meet them where they're at. Father, I pray that you would convict their heart. Father, give them the strength to, to overcome this. Father, give them the strength to confess it and to look for opportunities to, to remove this temptation from their lives. And Father, I'm asking for those who are watching this today who don't know you, Father, that they would make the steps, necessary steps needed in their journey of faith to come to have a life-changing relationship with you. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in and through us. We love you and praise you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.